Let's bring in our first guest of the day on FT Live, Rob Freeman, Pitching Ninja, joining us right now. What what is that noise? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, I just had (laughs) what? Hold on there, big fella. He didn't time his pregame coffee. Yeah. (laughs) I am sorry. I just I just sometimes can't time everything. Hey. You're human, Rob. So is Pete Alonzo. What did you think of that over the weekend? And I mean, you know, because you, you do a great job analyzing pitches, obviously, and everyone can follow him. I'll give all the plugs there. But I just thought it was funny where, you know, I pay attention to so much deep analytical content. And there's definitely someone out there who wanted to write a little blurb about why Pete swung first pitch. And we just completely shat on that theory. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to, like, put a pit tail on it or something. Like, dude, like an overlay, something to make it interesting, right? Like I could do that. I'll go back and do it. He can do that. Exactly. Yes. We will look for that on Pitching Ninja. Yeah. Rob, who's your, who's your, for me, who's your favorite pitcher right now? You know, that's a really tough question. Probably Strider right now, I would say. Um, Love watching Otani. McClanahan's awesome. But like there's something about Strider and his dominance that's a lot of fun to watch. Have you heard the story about me and Strider? Have you heard this story? Oh, no. What did you do? No, I, I, I keep asking the Braves to let me stand in for his bullpens. Because mm-hmm. I oh, every you time I, Yeah, but so I couldn't get anybody to agree to it. So I did a game two weeks ago, and Spencer said, yeah, if you're in town and I'm throwing a bullpen, just make sure you wear a helmet and a lot of protection. And I was like, that's fine. <laughs> I've been hit by plenty of dudes. But I want to see this because everyone you talk to says it's different. And I'm like, well, what does different mean? And, and I watched him. I stood from – me to Scott away as he threw his bullpen a couple weeks ago. I mean, it comes out. Shoo, I mean, it now, but until you stand in there and you actually are like, oh man, I'm going to, I want to see this, but uh, I want to see it live and, and in person. So I'm working on it. Yeah. Well, they had a great view on Sun. It doesn't do it justice, right? Like you're seeing a view from the umpire cam and it's, yeah, it looks great. I mean, the ball's coming at you, it keeps its playing well, but still standing in the box is way different. Okay, so you named McClanahan, Strider, Rob. I feel like you didn't go out on a limb. Who's a guy that we well, don't know like, about? Who's a guy, guy we don't know you, about? I mean, uh, did you watch Ben Joyce yesterday? Yeah, I was just going to say, you can't say Ben Joyce. Like, you've what? been throwing right. him up did since you, he was in Tennessee. Um, somebody, let's go out on a limb. Who would be – how about Jimmy Herget? Do you ever watch him? Oh, good throws, one. Yeah. Throws like Uncle Rico a little bit. It's – it's fun. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he, throw, he throws a he throws a stake up there. Hit a homer against him in AAA. So I appreciate you saying that, Rob. But anyway. No, I, I did that to just bring that up. Yes. I also want to know, like, do you have your knuckleball grip by any chance? I do. I do. You can you can see it if you want. I appreciate you putting me putting me out on socials. Your 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 post gets gets more retweets of my knuckleball against Rafi against Rafael Devers. I threw plenty before that, but you never showed them. It was just that one because you are, as AJ would like to say, New York, New York bias. No. <laughs> you sure don't sound New York biased. No. He sounds like he's from the South somewhere. I am from, from the South. Up? My camera's all jacked up. Hold Your on, camera's New York biased right now. <laughs> it is. Let it's me fact. fix this. Is I want that to know. Perfect. I want to know what the hell is a sweeper? And what the hell is an, an, an unknown? So in Miami, they just, when single study just says unknown, and then the sweeper phenomenon, is it a curveball, no. slider, sweep? What the hell is a sweeper? So, all right, well, let's get into it. A sweeper is basically a slider. We've been throwing, people have been throwing sweepers for like forever, occasionally. The big thing now is we're able to replicate it better with all the technology. So we can make a pitch that goes predominantly horizontally. It's still a drop. I mean, it's hard to differentiate from a slider, but it's a subcategory of sliders. Just like a square is a subcategory of rectangles or a two-seamer is a fastball, but a different type of fastball. Knuckle curve is a curveball, but a different type of curveball. It's just another categorization to describe something that is taking place more. We're throwing more horizontally breaking slider so we want to differentiate from the gyro slider this bullet spin slider that goes kind of straight down does that make any so sense? okay it does so like a like remember alan with um the indians he threw a boatload of sli- uh, sliders would you consider that a sweeper because it was a power curve ball it swept out of vino it's more horizontal yeah. would that cody be- allen you're talking about right Cody there's allen, been yeah, a lot yeah, of allens in cleveland since. Shaw, yes. 
Shaw also. Yeah, and it, it, it'll kind of depend. Like sometimes it's an arm angle thing, and an arm angle makes it look like it's sweeping. You'll have uh, like a Chris Sale dropping down, and, has, and it's not really a sweeper. It's a slider that's thrown with that trajectory. But a sweeper is more because of the spin on the ball and really the seam orientation. Again, really deep into like science crap. But if a ball's positioned the right way, the seams kind of take over and will make the balls break a ton. So yeah, Adovino would be one of those guys. Corey Kluber is kind of the godfather of it. Um, you know, he called his a breaking ball or a curve ball, but it's really kind of the genesis of all this sweeper stuff. Everybody saw it and said it was so tough to hit. And now people can replicate it by using slow-mo cameras, you know, things like uh, Hawkeye and other stuff. Some pitchers love calling it that, and we've been classifying that on many TV broadcasts. Some pitchers don't. We had Chris Bassett on, and he's like, no, it's just a slider. Call it a slider. Even though there are two different types of sliders, like you're talking about. I just showed AJ a uh, side-by-side of Bryce Miller's sweeper grip and gyro slider grip. And the grips are very different, very mm -hmm. easy to differentiate the two. So shouldn't we just be classifying this as a separate pitch like many are doing? Do we have to push back against some of the current and former players here? I would push back, and I have pushed. I talked to Sonny Gray about it. So Sonny Gray started saying, I don't know why we have a sweeper. It's basically a slider. I'm like, well, think about a two-seamer versus sinker. They're both spinning on two seams, right? And, you know, you can't – but one may not drop as much. One, your, your seam orientation is different, so it's going to drop. The other, you really don't want it to drop. You want it to kind of break towards the plate mostly. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I see that. Like if it has more vert, it's this. And if it had, so if you explain it, they kind of get it. But it's really, it's really combined for hitters. Like if you're a hitter and you know that some pitchers have both, like Bryce Miller has both. Um, and if you have both, do you say he has two different sliders or you can say he has a slider and a sweeper so you can visualize the movement? I think it's a little easier to communicate. I'm not, you know, I, I, don't, I don't get any money from like people saying sweeper. I'm not getting like kickbacks on it, but I do understand why we do it. Okay. But two things. Oh, oh, sorry, velocity, sorry, real quick. But we're talking about grips. There's a lot of people throw knuckle curveball, curveballs different sorts of ways, change ups different sorts of ways. So just because you grip something, he grips it differently, doesn't necessarily change the pitch like circle change you grip them you know the four seam change up or you just turn them over and throw that two seam change up or however you want to throw the pitches so does grip necessarily just classifies the pitch sometimes sometimes not like there's a split change you can throw a split change right and that's a change up with a split grip you have knuckle curve which is a it's a curveball um but it's just a different grip on a curveball so sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't with a sweeper, it's more about the movement and less about the grip. So it's more about something that traditionally people wanted to throw a slider that had bullet spin and dropped more straight down. Whereas a sweeper, you know, everybody's like, you don't want your slider to sweep. You don't want it to have this slurvy action. You want it to be tight and go down. Now it seems like with people focusing on more launch angle swings, you're able to get towards the end of the bat, just get off the barrel a little bit with it. And sometimes hitters run out of bat because of that horizontal movement. No, Rob, you, I mean, Scott brought up Bryce Miller. He doesn't throw a slider. He throws like 92% fastballs or something crazy. I mean, he just rarely. So why do we he care about throws his yes. dance sweeper? He literally goes, woo, fastball, woo, fastball, fastball Bryce. woo, fastball. I mean, he doesn't throw anything else. He took over for Peralta, right? So we're bringing up, you're bringing up Bryce Miller. Like, dude, he doesn't even throw a slider. So he will. He can hold it however he wants. It doesn't matter. But So you on your Twitter, you had Ben Joyce, 102-mile-an-hour with handballs, whatever you want to call it. Is that, is that really classified a sinker at 102? I know on the on the TV it's a sinker. I'm like, that's not – I mean, it's 103 miles an hour. It just moves because he kind of gets around it a little bit. It's not like he's trying to make it go down, right? No, and I totally agree with you on that. Like, I think we get – what happened is StatCast was calling everything, every two-seam pitch, a sinker. And we all know the difference between a sinker – and a two-seamer, that was something we generally would call something that broke back, broke, you know, breaks arm side. And they just lumped them all in together. They've now, like, said, all right, sinker slash two-seamer, which is a little better. But, uh, yeah, I don't consider what Ben Joyce was throwing a sinker. I think it's more like an alien two-seamer rising thingy. Like, it's just nasty. What, 104? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Is there a pitch that hasn't been developed yet? All this information, all this stuff, like what is, and if there ha- is a pitch that hasn't been developed, what is it? Like wh- where, where, are they, where are people like searching the outer reaches of pitch development? That's a super question because just recently we discovered that we, you look at the whole history of baseball, right? We've been playing this game for forever and we only thought that there were certain forces on the baseball that made it move the way it did. It's Magnus force basically rotating and it's either going to go up or down. You know, you have your 12-6 curveballs, blah, blah, blah. We just realized recently that if a, a ball can spin asymmetrically so that the seam one seam kind of hits the air differently and it, that seam creates a wake behind the ball, which makes it move weird. We were able to do it with two seamers and change-ups. We just realized with the sweeper that you can do it with a sweeper. I'm assuming there are other things you can do with that, like knowing that that actually makes the ball move differently. There are different orientations of the baseball that can make it move differently. I just don't know the answer. It may be a, like an Eric Kratz knuckleball that just catches a seam a certain way. And has a mm. sick movement. Mm. <laughs> Sounds delicious. <laughs> hey, let's move to sticky stuff. So these guys have all been very vocal about it. So has almost every pitcher that's been on this show. And we have multiple guests every day. So I wanted to get your take and the conversations that you have with current MLB pitchers about what's next here. Because yes, it's not a daily problem, but it's still a massive problem when there are pitchers being suspended, there's confusion, there's washing hands, there's judging how sticky a hand is. And most importantly, almost any pitcher we talk to doesn't know or understand the rules and protocol. That's the problem. That's the problem as I see it too. It How can it depend on the umpire and what the umpire just feels that day? Could be the umpire's hands a little sticky or sweaty or different um, in, a, in a day. And it depends on the weather. It depends on so many different things. And the pitcher doesn't do anything different. Pitcher could be putting on the same amount of rosin, but one day it's stickier than the other. I don't, I don't think having it as a subjective thing is a good idea. I think we have enough information now where we can look at spin rates during the game. We know a historical spin rates. Maybe if it's a new guy, we don't. But if you have someone like Max Scherzer, you know where his spin rates lie. You even know what weather, how it affects it. We can say, all right, there's something out there. It's varying way too much. Let's check them. But the idea that we're just going to rely on an umpire touching someone's hand to say, this is too sticky, this is okay, this one I'm going to let wash, this one I'm not, come on. Like, why are we going that way in the game instead of using stuff that we know works? Like, we can determine this stuff. Everything else is everything else is done biometrically and stuff. Why can't we get that? We, I love that you said that. Do you think there's any one thing that's launched your content more than sticky stuff? Ooh. Yeah, you know, I don't there's a bunch of different things. I think at, at one point getting at, getting my account shut down from uh from Twitter launched my account even more when I came back. It's just cuz MLB was like, "Wait a second, we actually love what you do. We just want to, you know, we we want it to be more official." And to me, that really helped. But yeah, sticky stuff is a big deal. It gets every fan. Fans have strong opinions. Um, And definitely, like, when you use sticky stuff, the pitches are nastier. So I kind of like that. That's fun, right? (laughs) (laughs) Have you you been able to uh, grab or use, play with uh, any other um, balls? Like, you know, the Japanese ball, (laughs) obviously, uh, you know, because obviously I played in Japan, so... Their ball comes in, you know, looks like a little chocolate. It has a little tackiness already, so they don't need to rub it up or anything like that. So have you had the experience of using a different ball? And I think Major League pitchers need to try these things and see if it spins because there should be a universal ball at this point. There should be a thousand percent agree. I don't understand why we don't do it, except we're. I think they're trying it out right now. And it had some really weird results in that, like pitches were moving in ways that we don't even see at MLB level. Um, so it was like too sticky maybe, but we can figure this out. Like this isn't rocket science. We can get a ball that a pitcher can hold on to a hitter knows he's not going to wear one every time because the pitcher loses control, but it doesn't give a pitcher an unfair advantage. Like we all want the same thing. We want the game to be kind of even, of course. I mean, I'd rather be shaded towards a pitcher and nasty stuff, but I'm okay with it being even. We could do that. Rob, Rob, so you're saying what you just said doesn't make any sense. Why? 
Because you just I said MLB will figure sense. this out. Do you know how hard it is for MLB <laughs> to figure out anything? They can't, you think they're going to figure out a universal ball they can't figure out? Japan has it figured out. I didn't say Japan. They're I said better than we. Baseball. <laughs> I, you, you really think that they're going to come up with a ball that everybody's going to agree and be like, oh, that's it. No chance. No, no chance because there's too many people that are going to get Oh, it, it doesn't feel right on my two seamer. My my sleep my sweeper's not sweeping anymore. <laughs> like, no, it's not. It's going to take forever because they're just going to start arguing until it comes down to dollars and cents. Yeah, but we argue about everything, right? Like, it's got to do something. I mean, we did get rid of sticky stuff for the most part. That was a good thing, I think, because it was getting ridiculous. I mean, even as a pitching guy, you're watching it. And Paul shouldn't move that way. So we can probably agree on something. <laughs> like, just give me something a little bit, something other than an umpire feeling a dude's hand and going, yeah, I think that's the stickiest hand I ever felt. Like, what kind of standard is that? No. There isn't a standard. I mean, that's the, pro that, that's that the, problem. the problem. There's no standard. It's terrible. But don't you think guys create more torque than they did in previous generations to be able to make the ball move because we're bigger, oh. stronger, faster than each generation? Yeah, 100% agree on that. Yeah, definitely. But adding sticky stuff to it, yeah, like then it's, it's doubly unfair, right? Like, plus, plus everyone throws – you're talking about sticky stuff, Adam's talking about torque. That's the reason I feel like we get more injuries, though. Yes, we're bigger, stronger, faster, but, but at the same time, we're asking guys to do more stuff that nobody's ever been able to do. And, like, let's – we'll use Ben Joyce. He's never pitched back-to-back -back games. He's never pitched back-to-back -back days. He's in the big leagues. Phil Nevin's going to go, man, I like this 102-mile-an-hour Super Bowl this dude throws. Let's throw him again today. Well, guess what? He pitched yesterday. He needs two days off. Like, that. maybe it's maybe it's not the, the sticky stuff in the – maybe it's we need to develop guys to be able to do more things and just go out there and throw 107 every pitch. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you on that because as a competitor – you're always going to go, I mean, you go balls out, right? Like you, you do, you don't beat somebody with going, I'm going to go 80%. You're put in there, you're going to go hundred percent. And these guys are bigger and stronger and faster and are going, you know, balls to the wall every time out. Yeah. Stuff. If you redline a car, things break. If you redline a pitcher, sometimes things break. I also think though, there's, we have um, better ways of fixing these injuries. So some injuries that may not have been fixed back in the day, because some surgeries are more successful now, you may see more of them, even though these injuries were happening back in the day. Think of like open heart surgery. You didn't see open heart surgery in the 1880s because your patient would die every time. But once it became good, good enough, you said, hey, we can do this. And now you can do it like an outpatient surgery. So as that surgery and as these things get better, you're, ab you're able to take care of it quicker and maybe a nagging injury or something that you would have lived with and pitched through you're now getting taken care of and fixed. So that could be some of it. I want to take us in another direction here on marketing the sport and individual players, because that's something that you've done a brilliant job of over at, at Pitching Ninja, of course, on, on Twitter, IG, uh, YouTube, et cetera. So where do you think we need to go next? You and I have spoken about this too, right? We want to bring out those Pete Alonzo poop homer stories and humanize these guys, but also have the game be able to connect with a more casual fan, right? And we still get into the deep, like this discussion, baseball topics. So where do you think we're at? Obviously, I'm the only non-player here. So with our player hosts, what do you think they can do to contribute to the game being um, displayed in the best way possible? Because our sport has super cool personalities too that I think we still need to tap into. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think that some of it is is stuff like you're doing, like, Give me all the poop stories. Give me these personal anecdotes that people can relate to. Like everybody's been in a car and had a poop at some point or like wanted to get something done with. So you can sit there and go like, what if I was facing a hundred mile an hour fastball and had a poop? That would suck. Um, but giving more personality, letting personalities out. But also I think sometimes it's a little bit less of going the back at, back in my day. Yeah. Oop. Did you have to poop? So, <laughs> 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 nice. Are you good? Stuff like here. this is perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, no, we're all human. Have to poop during the uh, 
during the ninja well, segment. Rob, we'll, we'll expect uh, hats and shirts from you for all of us. Scott wears a s- extra small and the rest of us <laughs> are size. So AJ's on fire today. <laughs> so we'll expect some uh, pitching ninja shirts No, but, and hats, no, but let him finish. Yeah, finish. finish well, he, had, he had to go, he said. What? No, no, I'm fine. I, I, no, I, I, I don't have to go. I'm good. No, I think he was getting a call or something, oh, okay. which happened. Yeah, no, I just heard there. stuff on my on my headset. I was like, what is going on? Oh, uh, you know. Oh, I know who that was, by the way, just to give everyone a little inside info. Rowdy Telez just checked in. So you yeah. probably heard him. Yeah, Rowdy, but... what is up? Why are you, why are you doing this to me, my man? <laughs> Rowdy would love to actually bomb any interview. Yeah, exactly. Again. That is very he rowdy. Just did it. Yes. But no, just to finish on, on this one, I, I want to, you know, hit home on this if we can. Yeah. So I think the big thing is letting is what you guys are doing. I want to see more personalities. I want to see less back in my day. Like we can all tell stories. Every generation's got this. Yeah, you know, back in my day, we didn't stay on the internet. We didn't play video games. We read books or we went and we worked on the farm all day. No one cares. Like nobody cares. We want to hear like what these players are doing today. What like there's a reason why we're throwing sweepers. There's a reason why pitchers are throwing harder. Um, and it's because a lot of this stuff works. And if we start thinking about that and saying, hey, you know, if I had this technology, what would I have done? Would it have changed anything? Or I don't like this technology, but I understand why it's important. Um, I think being able to contextualize it and stop crapping on today's game but more bringing out personalities in today's game and then showing why these guys are ridiculous. Like, not like, well, you know, he's no Joe DiMaggio. I want to hear why, you know, why you, you should love these guys. And then people fall in love with the game. I, I did work with Mad Dog, and half the players were compared to Joe DiMaggio if they weren't good enough. Uh, that's so it. That I'll, was I'll exactly that who there. I was, yeah. And exactly. that was who I was, ta- yeah, yeah. I was taking a Gotta shot. Got to watch the current game. Yeah, Adam loves him, so he's probably going to spend five minutes on, on, on Mad Dog later for yelling at Marcus Stroman for being too emotional, but that's another oh, topic. so annoying. He yes. compares we're, everybody to people from the 60s. Nobody watched that. Yeah. It, totally <laughs> well, agree. Well, we alive for that, so. Yeah, exactly. Damn. Did he really yeah. crap on Stro for being too emotional, too? Yeah, he's like, oh, well, well, you know, you know, Whitey Ford wouldn't have done that with no shit. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I love, like, give me all Damn. that stuff. Yeah, totally agree with you. Like, he, it. Nobody wants to watch a bunch of guys with, you know, blank faces play the game and not see any personality. You have a bunch of kids that. Would ra- you know, you want to see, you want to see emotion. You want to see somebody, I talked to Devin Williams and he said, you know, don't act like you've never done it before. I, I, act, act like you've done it before. Act like you've never done it before. And this is something no one's ever seen so that everybody gets into it and they get fired up in soccer. You don't score a goal and just walk off like, yeah, I just scored a goal. Everybody no. goes crazy. Exactly. Exactly. I'm with you. Hey, Rob, this was awesome catching up with you. would love to have you back. And obviously you got Adam going now, so we'll continue that in a little bit and get Rowdy in here. But, hey, great catching up with you. There were about 80 poop puns, too, which is perfect timing. Um, And we'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) Thank you, Rob. You can follow Rob's uh, amazing content at Pitching Ninja on Twitter, IG, and on YouTube. It's at Pitching Ninja Videos. So good combo there. And Rowdy Tellez coming up in a couple minutes. But there were a lot of poop puns in there. Now I'm not going to be able to escape that. But on that topic, I did see, what was it? Last Friday, we were texting with Jonesy because he was tweeting, shut up, sad dog. Enough of your crap yeah. about Strowman. And we talked about Strowman actually for a few days, not only touching on you know that game, but then the next day, we, we spoke to Pete Alonzo about it on Friday. And we said, hey, Pete, got any problems or you or the Mets with anything he did? He was like, hell no. He's like, we got to play better. And also... Let the kids play. Let's show some emotions. We've been talking about that forever. So if somebody's pissed off about a player going like this and pointing to a dugout, really, then we are so soft as a sport if you're a fan like that. You got to realize, I mean, he doesn't, sad dog is what I like to call him. He don't like to put things in context. He grew up a Mets fan. He grew up in Long Island. He played for him. Like this, you know, he's encouraged No, he so didn't much. play for he him. He played what? He played for him? For the Mets. Who? Not sad dog. Oh, I was like, Stroman. Stroman. Chris Russo. Oh, Stroman did. Yeah, I was like, hold on. Hold on. He's, a, he's, a, no. he's a tennis player. I heard he's a very <laughs> he damn good tennis player, though. He is I a good tennis player. Pretty good tennis player. You know what I mean? No, no disrespect. But it's like it's <laughs> context, man. Yeah, like 100%. <laughs> but it's got its context. And it's emotion. Let these guys have emotion. Why, what What you want to do? Again, Whitey Ford wouldn't have done it. I know. I get it. Whitey had respect for the game. 
He would have walked over there and gave Steinbrenner a hug and kiss on the cheek after it. <laughs> I get it. This ain't that time. This kid, these guys got drip. They got him. He got a, a, a Tiffany's pink, a Tiffany's uh, colored glove. What? Have some fun, man. Yeah, but why is that not respecting the game? Why? Why is showing emotion not respecting the game? To him, I don't know because again, he compares everything to the fifties to. I want to say Don Mattingly era Yankees. That's tops, tops. Whitey retired in 67, by the way. That was his last season. Hey, and he compares everything to Whitey. So it's just that time frame. And again, it's a different era, man. But why can't we we respect the game? Yeah, why can't we respect the game just by the way that my personality is or by the way that your personality is? Like, Like if you're funny and you crack a joke, that's respecting the game. 100%. 100%. Ratty coming in hot. No, not sad dog. Ratty coming in hot right now <laughs> on FT Live. Ratty, your thoughts if you got to catch any of that last couple minutes of content there on Stroman showing emotion and a dude who's on the uh, league channel every day saying everybody has to be a little toy soldier and do nothing and be like the players in the 60s. Yeah, I don't know who Mad Dog is, but um, oh, that's kind of <laughs> tired. I mean, I didn't. That guy played really hard in Little League and sucks, so that's why he's super upset about it. But um, I don't. I couldn't tell you. I, I don't care. I really don't. If I homer off you and I bat flip that shit in the fourth row, and then you punch me out and throw the glove at me and do all that, like I deserved it. That's just part of the game now. It's just the way the game is. Yeah, it's it's evolved over time, but like, who cares? I I, I don't care. I really don't. I mean, now. I think there's there's a time and place for it. I think when you're losing 10-1 and you homer off Kershaw after he's you know punched you out three times, I think that's a little different. I think there's a there's a, a respect factor in that aspect of like, hey man, like you didn't do anything and you're still losing, like relax. But I think you know like if the situation calls for it, why not? Uh, it's the way the game is now, and I think that's um, part of it. So it have you? I, I don't care. Can you remember, Rowdy, the last time that there was a situation where in the dugout you guys were like, yo, that was too much or that was disrespecting us? Have you had any scenarios like that, whether it was this year or in the past few years, where you actually felt offended versus just being like, yo, let's go kick his ass? Um, No, I think there's a couple times being a first baseman that it happened and then the guy gets on base again. You're like, hey, man, you're losing there. Like, you know, it's usually young kids, man. It's emotional. Um. You know, I I wouldn't say, like, I'm a veteran. I wouldn't say I'm old, but um, I debuted with guys that debuted in the early 2000s. So I think um, you get kind of like an aspect and understanding from those guys. So I think it's just I, – I get both sides. I really do because I think some, some guys are just very low-key. Like, you look at Paul Goldschmidt, doesn't pimp homers, doesn't do anything, puts his head down, runs the bases, um, kind of like that. And then you have guys like Acuna um, – you know, younger players, newer generation. So I think it's just who you are, but I don't think you can really pin emotion on on being a downfall unless it, it does get disrespectful. Like yelling at the dugout after a strikeout if you're a pitcher is a little different than, you know, hyping your own dugout up. It's that, I think that's really it. Rowdy, why are you outside at Rogers Center? Did they kick you out of the clubhouse for making up lies about people or what? <laughs> no. Uh, my lives do sound very accurate, though, don't they? Yeah, yeah, because we're about to get into it, you and I, because you made up a lie about me <laughs> the first no, time we met. Yep. About signing autographs when I was a kid? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not true. But no, then you also uh, – yeah, okay. Yeah, we had Pat Murphy on, and you also told a lie about yeah. him, so now Pat and I, we're tight now because you lied about both of us. But have you ever met Pat? Uh, many times. Dude, that's another spot on lie, though. That's like <laughs> see, and then you know, see, like <laughs> I could possibly tell you to fuck off. I, well, not maybe as a kid, but I will now. But I could see Pat Murphy saying, "Hey, Clubby, get my socks or whatever he did to you." So yeah, fair. threw his stupid yellow Jordans at me, told him to clean them. I was like, "Give me your first base and fuck off, old man." <laughs> uh, but no, I. Uh, it was good. It was it was good. But um, no, I. Uh, there's a bad reception in there. And everybody's on the Wi-Fi. You know how it is over there, AJ. It's a small clubhouse, old clubhouse, so it's a little tight-knit and tight out there. And so I decided to come out here and do it. Do they Make still have the dude in there? Hey, do they still have the guy in there, uh, 
that would sell you like all the movies. Because you used to go to Toronto, he'd sell you a hard drive with like every movie ever made <laughs> no. for like in the clubhouse. In the clubhouse, remember that? <laughs> yes. That was Kratzy. Remember that? The guy. I was, yes. I, was in, I was in the East, baby. I Dude, had he, it. He, oh he'd yeah. Really, you'd go in and he'd be like, "How many movies do you want?" Because we only went there once a year. And he'd give you a hard drive, and it literally would have every movie ever made on it. And that's every, illegal, everything by you the way. Well, I mean, oh, John, that's what he did in Toronto, and he said, Scott. I don't, yeah, Scott. 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 Blinn. Scott, Scott Blinn. Scott Blinn. I wrote oh, many he's the, checks. He's the, head, he's the head home guy now. Oh, okay. Hey, there you go. Ask him, hey, I'm sure, a hey, piracy out this ass. We <laughs> 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 just got him under investigation. Oh, wow. oh, it's okay. <laughs> he don't care. He always seems like, hey, hey, I was like, something didn't work. He's like, don't worry. I got a new update. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> He was he was my he was my clubhouse uh, guy when I was over there. Awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's called Netflix now. You don't need that. It's just called Netflix. <laughs> and we got <laughs> subscriptions. True. This is before yeah, subscriptions, think- man. People piracy, baby. Rowdy, is the real reason you're outside? Is it because you're giving more hugs than you to the to the Toronto fan to the Toronto players than you are your own players? Like that's why I you're said- outside, so everybody sees you. I said hi to the staff. No, there's nobody out here, meet. Yeah, right. You're out here. You're like, hey, got to do a show for 15 minutes. Yo, meet me out here. Like, you're going to give super hugs. That's that's the only reason you're outside. Like, oh, hey, there's I'm nobody- back in Toronto, everybody. Well, they did have an escort for just me. I got off the plane, and they had a limo and everything just for me. <laughs> that's about right. <laughs> I'm going to keep it in. I'm going to keep it in love. You officiated a friend's wedding. This offseason? Yeah. He said that you were mean to him. Who? Jansen? I was not mean to Jansen. That was well, two off years. That was oh, two, yeah, two yeah, off he's, nine, he's nine years old. He was nine years old, and like I'm 18. I just came off a game. I'm like, I don't want to see this little nine-year-old in my damn room at 11 o'clock at night. Get the hell out of here. I had a little brother. I was, I was a little brother. No, here's the thing yeah. Jonesy doesn't get. Rowdy's totally trolling him right now, and Joji just hook, line, and sinker. Oh! <laughs> took the bait and running right now. Because that oh, was a typical Rowdy to let us lie about how Jansen said he was mean. That, that, that oh, crap. I was way, sweet to him, but I was like, hey, you got to go, Jan. You got to go. I'm, it's time to go to bed. He's like, Adam, Adam, Adam. Good game. It's 11.30. You got to get up for school tomorrow, kid. The way, the, way, <laughs> the way Danny describes it was he was like, I was just a nine-year-old. I was a big fan. And uh, he used to go, Adam would come home, and I just wanted a batter or anything, and Adam would tell me to shut up. I'm trying to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how did you guys know each other? Was it a host family? Yeah, Jonesy lived Yeah, he was my host family. family. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm saying, I, for the fans watching, oh. we needed a little more context there in your little oh, yeah. So, yeah, he's, I was, his family um, hosted a lot of guys from the Mariners organization in Appleton, Wisconsin, throughout the years, and... I was lucky enough to get his family, and I was maintained friendships and all that relationships with their family throughout the years. I ended up when Jansen got called up in eighteen. I, he ended up staying a night with me because I brought his family out and repaid the whole tribute to his family doing that. And he came to my house and stuff like that, and had his dad. And made, but this time we're grown ups, and we can have a drink, we can have a beer together. So it's just full circle, post family, and you know, just somebody that made it and was able to return a favor. Rowdy. I know whose wedding you're not going to officiate. It's Corbin Burns. Because when he's he walked married. by you. Yeah, he's married. I know, but I'm saying you didn't officiate his wedding because when you went in, was it in spring training? He was married before ball? I got over here. Okay, well, don't, who cares? Semantics, okay? But he <laughs> well, I mean, trolled your ass. He trolled your ass. He's my new favorite player, hence why I have his card sitting here next to me because <laughs> you, like you know him why? So much you lost it. Right? Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, bullshit, right here. He Corbin Burns. Because he, he took the ball, you flipped it to him, and you went to throw it around, and he went, hey, Rowdy, pick it up, fat ass. <laughs> and you had to bend yeah. over and pick it up. So did you get on him? Did you did you make up some story about him? No, I mean, I always talk shit to him in the clubhouse, so we have a nice little back and forth. He's just he's just mad. He's jealous. <laughs> of? My body's, my body's way better than his, and he knows it, so. <laughs> It's fun. Yeah, he doesn't have 30 homers in him either. That's true. He could be jealous. He could be very jealous. Yeah. He's got better hair, though, for sure. I wouldn't go that far. Some people really like my hairstyle. Kratz. Well, besides Kratz, who else? 
That's all that matters. That's the only opinion I care about. Jonesy, I, I care about yours too, but I know you wouldn't say anything bad about me. Nope. As long as you're happy, Dude, man. I was, hold on. I got Now that AJ's just getting on me. We were in San Francisco last year right before the All-Star break, and he came in to the clubhouse to say hi to Colton Wong and Jace Peterson, and he was running his shit about being like 45 and like, oh, I could still play. And he was like, y'all need a first baseman. And I was sitting in my locker behind him. And I was like, he told this story. Didn't have a career in one year. I got that at the break. So just relax. I said, we're, we're perfectly fine over at first. Oh, shit. He told Tell that him. story already. He did. I did say that. <laughs> I did say that. I said, chill. You knew where Rowdy was? I didn't know That's who Rowdy was. That's, That's a fine. real story. I didn't know who Rowdy was. The only reason uh, I, I mean, knew I knew who he was. I heard the and, name. And it's no big deal. It's not like Ratty forgot or anything. No, Sorry, it's not Ratty, like he's wait. letting it go or anything. I yeah. mean, you know. What would you say, Ratty? We missed you. Yeah, the only reason I knew who AJ was because he was like one of the little trade guys that came over and it was big league and everybody. So <laughs> <laughs> I asked for the autograph. And now look. That's right. I told now you to fuck off. Now, See, now, now I'm still telling you to fuck off. <laughs> Hey, Rowdy, I know you were mic'd up recently, and I, I know you've been mic'd up in games here and there. Do you feel like you're kind of getting worked when you get mic'd up because they have to dub a lot of it and it gets all edited, so it's not showing your true self besides on a show like this? Yeah, I think sometimes. It blows my mind that I get mic'd up so much. Like, I get mic'd up on the bench. I get mic'd up. I'm, like, the most below-average player that gets mic'd up the most. It's it's unbelievable. But they pay you, right? No, fuck no. What? No. How, I, I have a question. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a couple hundred bucks, five hundred, a thousand. No, it's supposed, supposed to be ten, 10 grand. Okay, okay, wait, national, that, ten grand. I, I actually have a bone to pick. Okay, so ten k, Jones. Being in TV you... for a while. Ready for this, Ratty? This is a real thing. This was reported. It's facts. If you do those in-game interviews where you're on the field, and it could be three outs, it could be. I think Glaber Torres or someone did it recently, and it was like thirty seconds. They give you ten Gs. But if you get mic'd up for a game, I haven't seen anything or heard anything about being paid for that, which is much more work and content that you're contributing. So can we fix this? I heard you. It's easy. Maybe for if you have like the two-way mic, like if they can talk to you. Yes. Maybe. I'm, I've never had that one. I'm not that good. Well, um, they, they should pay you for the mic'd up stuff, though, because still. 10 Gs for that for five seconds? Okay, so if I ever do a Brewers game. Yeah. I'm going to request. let you. That's fine. <laughs> I'm going to request. I'm going to request Rowdy. I want Rowdy. You don't get my no request. request. I'll get requests. And you might say no, but I'll be like, fine, I'll keep the 10 grand myself then. If you don't want 10 grand, then I'll keep it. All right, what's your request? If you if you want a two-way mic, talk to me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be me. I'm just going to sit in your ear and go, remember that time I tried? you tried to get my autograph? Dude. We're going to be sitting there. We're going to get canceled for being on microphones in the middle of it. <laughs> they're going to remove him during the game. They're going to take uh, him out. Right yeah, here they're, out. Gonna, they're not even going to be a pitching change. It's going to be a mic change, and I'm getting taken out of the game. <laughs> hey, hey, did you hear about uh, Pete Alonzo's viral interview from Friday with us? We got to talk about that guy dry pumping the railings at, at games, man. What is okay. this guy doing? So, so let's go over that, too, because we did see some yeah, of the comments did say, what, what is that celebration? For for, that's a bad look for us big first baseman, man. He can't be doing all that. <laughs> it's just not good. But, no, I have, have not heard that? about it. Oh, I've seen it. I was going to bring it up to Rob Freeman, but he gets all excited when you're talking about it, so I didn't want to. Well, bring it up. This is the perfect guy. He's a first baseman, power hitter. Yeah, so you, for one, you don't dry hump the rails after you hit home runs. You put on cheese on your head. And, two, have you ever hit a home run when you have to poop? Um... I, dude, I don't know. That's a that's a fucking good question. I've I've definitely taken a started. There's probably <laughs> now that I think about it. Um, it has smelled like shit back there before when Kratz was trying to talk to me mid pitch. I got he got shit coming out of his mouth. But <laughs> other than that, I don't I don't know. So did you did you hear the story? Did you hear? Alonzo said he had to poop, so he swung first pitch off Hunter Green and went deep. And then ran around the bases that's, and ran right to the bathroom. That's a f lie. What? There's no way. I don't know. He hits homers, though, so that doesn't surprise me. Maybe it was true. 
you know, like one of the, one of the favorite lines from trolls, cause they'll put this every like week, we'll have some video, especially on TikTok that gets a lot of love. Right. And that the Pete Alonzo one went all over the place, <laughs> pun intended. And the commenters, some of them will go, I'll take stories that didn't happen for 500 Alex. And I'll usually reply like not nah, did, but why wouldn't that one be possible? Dude had to go. And, and my favorite part of it, Rowdy, was that you definitely have people, and I mentioned this earlier in the show, that were like, wow, br- great job by Pete, sitting first pitch slider, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, nah, he just had to take a shit. Yeah, see, now sitting first pitch slider, I didn't even see it. So I don't know how accurate that one is. But, I mean, kudos to him. Good shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kratzy, didn't you have, you had something for him, I thought. I thought you, I thought you were going to bring some heat here. I did, I did, but you guys hit it all, and that was like ten minutes ago. So stories don't stories don't flow anymore afterwards. You never, you never really got into, you never really got into what it is that Toronto's gonna like the whole. Like, are they gonna do? Do they? Did you guys like request like a standing ovation time so you don't get a ball a strike <laughs> called on you? Like when you come up to the plate, how's that? How's that gonna go down? I think they want me to give them a standing ovation for getting traded. <laughs> Uh, so I think they requested time for me to give them one. I don't know, dude. They gave me – they didn't do anything. We're just going to be honest. They're not going to do anything. Maybe <laughs> No video tribute maybe, on the giant Jumbotron? I don't know, dude. They might bill me for not paying rent during COVID season. <laughs> Is that yeah. true? I want to ask, I want to ask you yeah. about uh, the most embarrassing moment in your life. Uh, Clinton Barry gave me a little bit, a little bit of ammo, so he said it should lead into this story. So let's lead into the story of uh, something in elementary school. Mm, I don't. know. What did he got? What? This dude, I got a lot getting, of embarrassing. Dude, I'm fat and bald. Getting, getting cut out of a chair. Oh, bro, I got yeah. That was, <laughs> I got stuck in a chair, man. I was a little bigger as a kid. We had them little death. Uh, I got stuck. I wedged myself in there and I, I got out. So yeah, how'd they yeah, get you out? They kind of tipped it over in uh, gravity. You know, we were learning Newton. I had to be. Yeah, gravity. And then you can pull it out. You know, weight, mass, force. <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> that, that's me. Who, who gave you that story? My I did boy, a bunch first of, base coach. Yeah, I got a good one about my first base coach, and I say it all the time because it's so bad. We were teammates in 2016 in AAA. I got traded over here, and this motherfucker introduced himself to me again. I said, bro, we were teammates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got a long neck, too. Talk about that. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'll let you sorry ass. You got 299 stolen bases or 399 in the minor leagues. Couldn't get that one extra. Spent all that goddamn time there. <laughs> Wear him uh, out. Let him have oh, it, man. All the time. All the time. Let him he have it. Talking, he, talking shit. he thinks he got a good haircut and all. I'm like, bro, you look like Ray Charles cut that shit up here. And he goes, you got no hair. <laughs> bro, that's the reason I can talk to you. I said, because I got no hair. Like, I'm bro, like, you got hair and you want it to look like shit? I'm like, bro, <laughs> call Steve. Last off, that shit. That's bad. Oh, it's funny. Rowdy, what's your uh, what's what's the Jordan contract looking like? How yeah, I only had a, I only had it for a couple hours. They dropped me. They dropped. Yeah, yeah. You can't have somebody with that kind of body style. You you can't be looking like an ice cream cone wearing our shoes. And I said, man, that sucks. <laughs> so I, yeah, they, dirty. Yeah, that was Miguel Jordan. Anyway, he was he's from down in Mexico. They hooked me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to be a Jordan guy really bad, but I mean, who doesn't? I could be a swing man. Got a hookup. You got any shit left over? <laughs> Jonesy, I think it was no Jonesy. Were you a jump man guy? No, you weren't. Hey, no, I was uh, swing man. Swing man. Swing man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Griffy stuff. Griff. Yep. And you always yeah, wear he... Kim's batting gloves, so I see you got some swag. <laughs> yeah. See, I got a. See, that's the thing. I'm going to start putting – everybody's been figuring it out now. I'm going to start putting E on the end, so it says MKE. Yeah. I'll be telling, how many, I'll be telling Matt. How many he give you? Matt be, Damn. Yeah, Matt's always like, man, dude, everybody's talking about the gloves. I'm like, nobody knows who you are, bro. I was like, you're irrelevant <laughs> in the game now. 
was like, you're a good guy. You're a good guy. You treat me well. But, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm going to start putting E on the end for Milwaukee. And everybody's going to be like, damn, dude, you got, Milwaukee, you got custom Nikes? I'm like, yeah, from 2014. Bro, they're sick. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I got it like that. What, are they Brewers colors? Yeah, when he was on the Padres. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, they, a, lot yeah, of people for, a lot of people forgot about that, even him. So, like, yeah. he goes into – he'll go to his house – and he has a cage and stuff, and that's where I hit. Is at the house, and then he just has like all this random shit in there, like cleats, batting gloves, all this stuff. And I just start taking it. I just start. Uh, there he is. Oh, there we he were is. just talking about you, friend. Hey, he was we were talking, talking about shit about you. He was talking bad shit about you. That's my boy. <laughs> a lot of people don't like you. But, right, you guys. Yeah, so I, go, I, I go to Kemp's house and I just start taking all the stuff. How it is. All right, Roddy, we want you to stay safe out there. So now that there are other human beings on the on the field, go do your thing, dude. We'll get you again in a couple weeks. Good luck. Go make a run for the boys right now. Yeah, we got to, you know, the, the prime coming out to see me. So um, uh, I got to go. Yeah, please. Get out of here, and- dude. Justin Bieber and Drake are going to come say hello, too. So, you know, big shot. Here. Yeah. Tell Biebs we said what's good. <laughs> yeah, tell him hello. Tell Drake I'll see him in Chicago. Yeah, I won't die. I don't know what you said, AJ, but I probably won't see you if you're ever in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to big thing like you me. It's cool. Okay, great. Not. Great, perfect. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I won't talk right. to you. Don't worry about it. I won't give you the chance. Good. Can't wait. Can't yeah. wait. Cameras will be all I'll over send over a ball. I'll send over a signed ball for you. <laughs> I'll put it next to my Corbin Burns card. Which you treat really well. Uh, right, PSA point five at this point. Uh, whatever. <laughs> All right, go give the Blue Jays hugs. Enjoy your video. All right, I will. Yeah. You know, I won't be seven like you, so it means I'm a good teammate. <laughs> Later, bro. Uh oh, that dude is me- that dude's an ultimate mess, by the way, Crouch. How the hell did you put up with him for a whole year, Crouchy? That's what that's what everybody thinks we played together. Oh, we never, never played together? together. Really? Not once. Mm-mm. Wow, he can make up some stories, but he got Jonesy boy, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. We all fall we all fall for it. <laughs> I fell for it the first time. Pat Murphy fell for it. He does that. He makes these lies up that you're like, wait, that could be true, but it's not true. I gotta go back, and then you're like, oh, that's not true. And he's like, he's just laughing because he knows he got you. <laughs> Let's bring in our next guest, Evan Mendoza, minor leaguer in the Padres system, joining us right now. Also, superstar content creator in this game. You can follow him on IG at E underscore Mendoza 18 or on TikTok, Evan underscore Mendoza. And it's Jonesy's boy, too. So, Evan, how you doing? And then I'll let Jonesy jump right in because he's been excited to b- bring you on. Absolutely. Thanks, Scott. What's up, Jonesy? How we doing, guys? Uh, so really excited to be here and uh you know talk with you guys this is awesome evan it's, just, it's your story just just yeah. give it to us break it break it down uh, i mean you've, quick you've little, your content yeah. speaks for itself but i wanted to learn your story yeah my, my quick little breakdown is i was born in baltimore maryland uh grew up in a orioles fan i obviously idolized you know you aj um you know definitely was able to follow your career understood kind of like how important you were to the community and I've kind of taken that all the way through my career. My family moved in, you know, middle school. We moved around a lot. Uh, finally kind of settled down in Sarasota, Florida. So right in the backyard of uh, Ed Smith, you know, went to a lot of spring training games and watched, you know, the O's play. And then uh, went to NC State, played there for three years. My freshman year, I was actually a pitcher. And then I transitioned over to be a, a third baseman and got drafted by the Cardinals in 2017. And then got minor league rule five uh, back in back in December of 2022. So this was my first year with the Padres org and I uh, haven't been, you know, any happier with, uh, you know, playing ball and a new org. Sarasota high school sailors. Yeah. We played them yeah, in high school. Yeah. I hated them. So yeah. We, we were good every year. Clyde oh, I know. out there. He was, uh, he's a legend in the state of Florida. He's, he knows what he's doing over there. Oh yeah. I played again with you, Matt Drews, Doug Million, those, those teams. Those mm-hmm. are the, if you don't know. Scooter, Scott's, Scooter like, Scott's like, how old are yeah. you? Yeah, Bobby Say, all those back oh, in the yeah. day, back in the day. Evan's way younger than me. Evan's I know, 26. He knows who I'm talking about. Yeah. 
Scott's giving me this. Evan Scott's giving me a look like, damn, dude, who the hell are these yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah. What is this? The Sarasota, Florida. Well, no, these are first round picks. I, I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> Evan, how much? Yeah. How do you have time? Because I know what it was like in the minors. How do you have time to do all this content? How do you have time to put all this content out there? And do the are obviously the Padres are okay with it? Has anyone ever yeah. come up to you and said, "Hey, let's maybe slow this down a little bit"? The, the most was honestly about two weeks ago. I'm actually rehabbing right now in Arizona, and they basically just said, hey, let's let's try not doing anything within the walls. I like giving, you know, kids, especially, you know, 10 to 18-year-old kids or usually like my audience. Uh, I love giving them the inside look of, you know, little things. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. I try to, like, understand what that line is and make sure to not cross it. But to answer your question, like how I find time, you know, in the minor leagues, I've had plenty of long bus rides. Uh, I try to pride myself on – making sure I'm staying efficient with my time, uh, whether it's a rain delay or anything like that, you know, just making sure that I'm having time to, of course, focus on my hobbies off the field. I think a lot of people don't really know is this is this is something that I've been doing my whole life. I've been carrying around a camera, taking videos, being creative. And, uh, you know, it's just a hobby that I do off the field. And it's something that I bring. Uh, it brings happiness to, you know, times where it's kind of low. Like right now I'm rehabbing. I have a, you know, most of the afternoon to myself to be able to, um, you know, work on this type of stuff. And I don't really view it as work. I view it as a hobby. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you feel like, do you feel like the team should say something to you? Like, don't you feel like that's maybe like where baseball's behind other sports? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree. I think uh, major league baseball has a ton of resources available. I think it's the understanding at a younger level of how to use it. I was actually uh, introduced to Greenfly. It's a, basically an app that you can download on your phone. You can get like real-time pictures, videos from the game before. I got that in the World Base, Baseball Classic, and I thought, wow, this is crazy. This is awesome. You get that content like right after the game. Once you get to your phone after the game in your locker, you have all this content, like a huge folder of it. And I think what, what's the problem in baseball as far as just understanding how to use the content is get, you're given these resources at the highest level. If we were given these resources at the lower level, maybe, you know, high school showcases, maybe college, and you start getting understanding on how to use that content, these players, I think, will be more acceptable to, you know, decide to post on social media and, you know, start building their own personal brand and um, everything that comes with that. Let's talk about content. You've, you know, I, I love watching your stories. You got to hang around one of the best third basemen in the game, Manny Machado. Mm-hmm. Can you... Talk about some content with being around him. I was around him for a long time. He's obviously yeah. in a different stratosphere he is than than now. But you getting to be around him. I mean, you're talking about one of the best in the game to do it. And uh, just the experience, especially being a Latin, being a Latin player. Mm-hmm. You guys can talk in, in both languages and talk in a different way than, you know, just normal. Yeah. I mean, Manny's a guy that I, of course, looked up to, uh, followed his career as well with the Orioles. I remember specifically he was going through a rehab assignment and I watched him play at Ed Smith. had an opportunity when I was like 13 years old to ask him. Uh, I heard you guys talking about Jordan earlier with Rowdy, but, you know, he he's a Jordan guy. And I, I've been fascinated by equipment and things like that. So I think one of the coolest things, just meeting him and seeing him go about his business every day in spring training. Sorry about that. Fair <laughs> feel, man. <laughs> it's like those motion lights. Sorry about that. They um, really don't want you to do anything besides rehab, huh? <laughs> exactly. No, no. Today's like a late day anyway, so we're, we're, we're chill. Um, but no, just seeing his like equipment up close and personal, um, that was something that was really cool. But of course, just like how he went about it in spring training, very, very calm, very, um, you know, focused on everything that he was doing. Uh, especially like his at-bats, you could just tell he took control of the game and slowed it down. So uh, I loved watching him play. I still love watching him play. And, um, you know, hopefully his his hand's getting better. I know he got hit um, maybe like yeah. a week ago. He should be okay. back soon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know him. He, he's a super healer. He, he does not yeah. like to miss time. And last year, remember, mm-hmm. he had the injury, and most dudes would have been out for a while. I don't even know if he went on the IL for it last year, right? No. Remember what I'm talking about? Missed seven for his ankle. His ankle. His ankle. His ankle. Yeah, yeah missed, it was like a week, and then, then he came back. and It was like this big, and he was – That's why the he, DH is great. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, yeah. 
I, I want to jump on what you were talking about earlier. Yeah, it's your hobby. Just like, you know, many ball players nowadays will play hours of video games and you're essentially going on technology and using it to cut content. And I know you can do it really quickly as well. And you'll even show people some of the new things that you learn. So I wanted to know how this can be utilized in life, right? So uh, there's life after baseball. What do you want to do? Because, you know, we met through another business yeah. that you were involved in as well. Absolutely. So give people the lowdown of how you're always thinking about what's next and, and having ancillary opportunities. Yeah, I think, uh, of course, life after baseball is something that you, of course, have to think about as an athlete, um, what, whatever sport you're playing with. Um, you know, there's going to be that career after baseball. And I think that's something that when you're young, you kind of just put all your eggs in one basket. Um, there's no, there's no doubt about it. I, my number one priority right now is to make it to the big leagues, play as long as I possibly can and enjoy my time, you know, being young while I can do it. But I think getting hurt was that time for me. It was 2019. I was in AAA. I was six games into AAA and I broke my wrist. Uh, three, three months later, the doctor cleared me. I broke my wrist again. And that's when I really told myself, I was like, man, I just, I just sat sat around for the first three months of rehab, really not doing much. I got cleared. And then once I broke it again, I was like, okay, we need to, we need to do something. You know, I'm an, I'm an athlete. This is my career. It could go away like that. You know, it, it, it there's no way about it. Um, other than, you know, it can happen quick. You can get hurt. It, anything can really happen. So I, I started thinking outside of the box. I started giving lessons to like start doing camps. I think that's a pretty common path that a lot of players do. But then I started realizing if I wanted to promote camps, promote lessons, I have to have somewhat of a social media following. And I think it was back in 2020 is when I really started during COVID, had a lot of time on my hands and decided to, I always say you either won COVID or the pandemic, quarantine, whatever you want to call it, you either won it or you lost it. And that's when I really doubled down on doing social media, creating a following. And uh, it's been, it's been a blessing. It really has. I don't know a time. I'm going to go back to baseball question here. What is Colombian Winter League like? Because I know you played for WBC. I mean, mm -hmm. Venezuela. I played in the Dominican. I know a lot of guys play in Mexico and Puerto Rico. What's the Colombian Winter League like? It, it's a little bit less known, and I think that's completely okay. I think the, the way it's growing is awesome to see. Uh, we were able to be in the World Baseball Classic this past year. Unfortunately, didn't get the results that we we were looking for. Um, but honestly, it's way way deeper than just baseball. Um, I was able to this past winter play just basically for the playoffs. I think that was uh, an awesome way to be able to go about it. But the most important thing was I was able to bring my dad back to Columbia. That's where he was born. That's where he still has a lot of family. And just being able to see him in his you know um, you know hometown, I think that was just such an awesome thing that baseball has been able to bring not only me but you know my family, my my dad. Uh, that was very special. To, to answer your question, it, it's it's been a little bit different because COVID year is the year the first year that I played over there in Colombia. We played in one stadium. It was uh, Edgar Renteria's stadium in Barranquilla, uh, Colombia. It's a coastal town, so you got the beach, you got amazing food. Uh, everything's super cheap over there, so you can get basically Uber Eats and get like three courses for like twenty dollars. It's awesome. Um, so I've been utilizing that whenever I go over there, eating well, eating really good food. But, uh, you know, the travel is not the best. Some of the hotels that you stay in uh, when you're on the road, not the best, but they take care of you. They're trying to grow the game over there. It's becoming well known. And uh, I'm hoping that Columbia can get into the Caribbean series. I think it's going to be in Miami this next year in uh, mm -hmm. February. Uh, I think initially they weren't about it. And I'm hoping that they, you know, make make their way to to be included into that as well. They've got a great fan base too. I mean, when I called WBC games in 2017, the yeah. Colombian crowd was awesome. I mean, yeah. they brought a big crowd. They were very vocal. Obviously they were, they were sneaky good back then too, like kind of making, making a name for themselves as a country in that tournament. So I wanted to ask you about, you touched on for a moment, the camps. So tell me about, I know you've got one that you're running right in, in June in yeah. Phoenix uh, for soon, a couple so. days. Yeah, I mean, it, it was awesome to be able to work, work it out. There's actually an indoor facility basically on the same plot of land as our spring training facility here in Peoria. And I'm living just down the road, so it just all made sense. 
And uh, it's just something that I, I feel that I, it's my responsibility to connect with the community. Honestly, I learned that from you, AJ. Um, you know, I appreciate it, it, that. Able, the I remember seeing the the Ravens uh, tailgate that you used to do. That was the yeah. thing that I was like, man, he, he's he's including you know football. He's including the whole city of Baltimore, and he's doing something good with his platform. So like doing mm -hmm. seeing stuff like that. Of course, I like you know doing things that are educational for the kids to be able to understand you know what pro baseball is like. What are some drills that could possibly know get them to where i'm at or where you guys have been you know that i think is a really awesome feeling that i want to be able to give out as much as possible and then honestly when i was doing rehab i started really loving the understanding of coaching i've always heard the phrase like if you want to better understand something teach it um so i i think that's honestly helped me and given me that um sense of confidence of what i'm doing and how i play the game that's amazing man that's amazing. That's my, my message to Baltimore was always, is Baltimore helping Baltimore? It's easy. I got a lot of friends with money. Hey, can you give me X amount of dollars for this and this and this? AJ, you know that. Kratzy, like, we, we don't want that. We want the city to rep, to represent the city. And, you know, I appreciate you saying that because it, that was always my message, man. And to me, it was bigger than sports. It was more education because my wife's a lawyer. Her family's all lawyers all in Baltimore. Big education, private schools. Uh, was it? Roland Park and Gilman alums. Mm -hmm. So education was always important to my better halves. And we have kids, you know, it's obviously education, education. Me, I'm a slitty slick. I'm a city slicker. So it's like, mm -hmm. hey, where, where can I get the next buck? So, you know, it was it, it turned into obviously ath athletics is the reason why I made money. The chances of being a professional baseball player or a professional athlete are very slim. But to be able to be involved with the game in some capacity and get the education side that that is invaluable. So I appreciate you yeah. saying that. Yeah. I, I got a question for you though. Like what, what's the most proudful moment that you've had off of the field during your playing career, or even after the playing career? Ah, it's a good one. I mean, I think when it, it's part of the charitable stuff is um, seeing kids graduate, seeing them go through it. Um, you know, we've started funds in Baltimore and we've had kids go to school and they've actually completed it opposed to you go to school for a year. Somebody's paying for it. Somebody's helping you out. It's like, I don't care. I ain't got to really follow through with this. If, if I miss class, whatever. But when they actually follow through with it, actually graduate, like, because that's out of my hands. That means that somebody actually took someone else's money and used it in the best way they possibly could to better their future. That's like that's an investment. I invested in some kids' future, and and they produce. So, off the field, that is you know when it comes to the the charitable part, that right there is it, it, there's nothing that can come with that. Yeah, Evan, I got one fan question for you. Uh, Nathan yeah. in here said earlier he's like I'm here for the Evan Mendoza interview, and he mm -hmm. said question advice for young content creators trying to replicate what you do. And I know you touched on this a little bit, but also I mean. Hey, let's be real. You have more of a following than probably almost any minor leaguer, even the Ellie De La Cruz, Jackson Churio types of talent and many major leaguers as well. So it's a different way for you to connect with your audience. Yeah. So I, I think trial and error. I think that's the, the most important thing of whatever profession, whatever career you go down, you're not a professional from day one. You start learning from somewhere and you can, of course, uh, go back way back to the first ever videos I posted on TikTok where I was really just experimenting. I had no clue what I was doing, but you know, over time you'll be rewarded by the editing process, the the script that you might write, um, just the authentic storytelling that you might be able to do. So there's definitely different avenues. For me personally, I think the thing that I wish I learned sooner was understand my why, understand why I'm doing it. Um, you know, if you are able to do that from day one, I think it's not going to be, you're not going to ever get burnt out. You're going to un always understand why you're doing it, you know, helping out kids, helping them, you know, excel, reach that next level, get better at baseball. Um, of course the social media side of things could help you even get a college commitment. And nowadays, I think Twitter is a big one for, um, you know, getting committed. I don't really use Twitter too much. Um, but anyway, you're, you're able to reach so many people. So trial and error, 
understand that you're going to fail. There's a lot of failure in baseball. So there's no, you know, don't, don't think overthink it too much. Just click post and, uh, you know, try it out and see what happens. Love that. Awesome, man. Hey, AJ's a creator every day now. Kratzy is Kratzy. Kratzy's got a TikTok with 2.2 million views or something like that on it. Just telling a story. That's awesome. Yeah. So, like, I think the cool thing is we're all baseball players here. It's for me to come. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop. Sorry, 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 Scott. Sorry, Scott. No, I like to remove myself from this conversation. You get the game. Either way, it's like. If I came up here and said, hey, everyone needs to do social media, I think that would just come off so wrong. Like, of course, that's like asking everyone in this room to be a rapper. Obviously, like, it's a creative space that you have to be in. And at the end of the day, we play baseball, we talk baseball, we're, we're baseball people. And for me to say, you know, Jonesy, you have to do social media, the content has to be perfect. No, that's not the way it has to be. You, of course, focus on baseball as your priority, that's your career. I think it's just essential to dive in, invest maybe a little bit of money to have an editor or to have someone help you in that process. That way you have you can have a presence leading up. Of course, if we're using the baseball example, if you're grinding through the minor leagues, hopefully that day when you do make that debut, you're already going to have that fan base waiting for you, cheering you on, also following your journey. I think that's the cool part about it. I love that. Hey, Evan, sure. great catching up with you, man. We appreciate it and uh, keep doing your thing. All right. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, guys. I really Hello appreciate soon, it. Brother. Yes. Evan Mendoza in the Padres minor league system. And you can follow him on IG at E underscore Mendoza 18 or TikTok Evan underscore Mendoza. Our, our TikTok. I, mean, I don't want to brag, but it's gotten a lot of play this weekend. We got, you better hit we got above the damn Mendoza all over. Too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, he's rehabbing. He'll be back. He'll yeah. do his thing. Foul Territory fans, listen up. Our friends at BetMGM are running an MLB Bet $10, get $100 instantly promo with the bonus code SPICYMLB. Here's how it works. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your newly created account. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Place a pregame money line wager of at least $10 on any MLB team to win at standard odds price and you will receive $100 in bonus bets instantly. If you sign up in Massachusetts or Ohio, you receive $200 in bonus bets. Use the bonus code SPICYMLB. 